talk about ducks in a row. So everybody say ducks in a row. We've been talking about priorities. We've been talking about getting our life in order, getting our ducks in a row. And the truth of the matter is a lot of people get their priorities way out of order. Isn't that true? I mean, it makes me think about this story I heard one time about this rich, young investment banker who just got a brand new BMW and he's driving it on the side of a, of a mountain, just going up the mountain. And somehow he loses control and his car begins to go off the side of the cliff. And so he's freaking out and somehow miraculously he's able to get the door open and the seat belt off and he jumps out of the car just at the last minute as the car goes tumbling off the cliff and he is miraculously saved except for his arm got caught in the seat belt and it got ripped off and so there was there was y'all are like ooh, this is a gory story And so there was this trucker that comes up behind and he saw the whole thing and he comes up and somehow the man is just oblivious to the fact that he doesn't have an arm and he's standing at the side of the cliff and he's looking down and he's going, my BMW, my BMW, my BMW. And the trucker looks at him and says, sir, you got bigger problems than that, man. You don't have an arm. And he goes, my Rolex, my Rolex, my Rolex. How many know sometimes we're like that when it comes to priorities? Isn't it true that sometimes we can put the stuff that's really not that important way up there as if it is incredibly important, and then sometimes we can take the stuff that's really not that important at all and we can put it way down there, and we get things out of order. Everybody say, out of order. What happens when something is broken? We put a sign on it that says, out of order. And the truth of the matter is, some of us, our lives are broken. Our marriages are broken. Our finances are broken. Our schedules are broken. Areas of our life are broken. And the reason they are broken is because we've gotten things out of order. So in this series, what we're learning how to do is we're learning how to get our ducks in a row. We're learning how to get our lives in order. And we've had kind of this key thought that is helping to drive us through this series. I want you to say it aloud with me today. It's on the screen there. Are you ready? One, two, three goes like this. In things that matter most, it is the order that matters most. Now I said, say it aloud, not a soft. So let's try that again. All right. One, two, three. In things that matter most, it is the order that matters most. Much, much better. And here's what we learned. We learned that God is a God of order, that God is a God that has processes and he has orders in the way that he does things. And when we get things in order the way God has set them to be, then things begin to work more smoothly in our lives. But when we get things out of order, things begin to break down. And so we began talking talking about this last week. We talked about priority. We talked about order. We began talking about how to get your life in order. And today what we're going to do is we're just going to begin today and the rest of this series is just kind of breaking it down into some areas of our life that maybe we need to get some things in order. So today we're going to talk about get your schedule in order. So everybody say schedule. Now say it like you're British, schedule, right? We're going to talk about getting our schedules in order. And I just need your help just a little bit today. So I'm going to ask a question, raise your hand if this applies to you. How many of you would say that oftentimes in life you find yourself busy? Raise your hand, come on. 
All right, now put them down. How many of you would raise your hand and say, oftentimes in life, you find yourself hurrying and rushing around? Raise your hand. All right, now put them down. Now, we got to be really honest on this one. How many of you, sometimes you find yourself so busy and in such a hurry that slow people get on your nerves? Come on, just raise your hand, right? Like you're driving down the road and you're like, don't they know I got places to go, things to do. That light has been green for two seconds and they're still sitting there. What are they doing, right? Come on, anybody? Is that, that's just me. I know I'm I'm just repenting. How many of you, maybe you're at the grocery store and you got your cart full of stuff. And I mean, before you even get in the line, what are you doing? You're scanning all the lines and you're going, which checker looks like they might be the fastest and which one's moving the, come on, which one's moving the fastest or moms and dads. How many of you have ever done something like this maybe before, especially if you have little kids, you like even create little games like, all right, whoever can get their teeth brushed the fastest tonight and get in bed the fast. Come on, right? I'll give you a prize in the morning. And it's like we rush and we rush and we rush because we're in such a hurry because our schedules are so crammed full of all of this stuff that we think is so important, this stuff that we think I just have to do it. I just have to be there and I just have to be somewhere else. And I got all of this stuff that I have to cram into my schedule to the point where our schedules literally get out of control. In fact, some of you are here today and maybe your schedule is so out of control that you just find yourself out of it. Like maybe some of you are here and maybe you find that you're just, you find yourself out of shape and you're like, man, I know I need to be in better shape and I know I need to eat better and I know I need to exercise, but ain't nobody got time for that. You know, I mean, I don't have time to exercise because I got all this other stuff to do and you find yourself out of shape and it's really more of a schedule issue. Maybe some of you are here and and maybe you find uh, that you're out of sorts emotionally and man, you're just stressed out so much and you're like, man, I would have a break t- breakdown but I don't have time to have a breakdown because I got all these other stuff to do and maybe some of you find that maybe even some of your relationships are just kind of out of touch and the people that you love the most that you really don't connect with like you should because you're just so busy and even your kids or your spouse or your family and I mean, you're just running and running and running and you haven't had one of those really long talks in a while and you haven't really connected in a while and even when you do have time, you don't connect because you just go to bed and you just crash because your life is so crazy and so busy. Come on, does anybody relate to this? Maybe some of you even find that your spiritual life is a little bit out of line. You know, I mean, I came across a statistic that tells us that about 50% of people who call themselves regular churchgoers only go to church about once a month. 50%, like half of people who are, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, I'm a regular uh, churchgoer, but I only go about once a month. And why is that? It's not, I don't think, because we don't love Jesus. It's not, I think, because we're bad people. I think it's because our schedules are so crammed full of all of this stuff that we got to do. Man, the kids have a soccer game, and I got this commitment at the school or in the neighborhood, or, you know, the football team is playing, and Lord knows you can't go to church whenever your favorite football team is playing and I got all this stuff to do and even when I don't have anything to do I'm so worn out from all the stuff I did all week long that I don't really feel like getting up and going to church and I don't have time to pray and I don't have time to read my Bible and I don't have time to volunteer at the church and I don't have time to be in a life group and really what it comes down to is that we've got stuff out of order We've gotten our schedule so cram-packed full of all this stuff that the world tells us that we just have to do, and it's out of control. 
So you say, well, pastor, I know that. You don't have to tell me that. But what in the world do I do about it? Well, I think the answer is simple. I think the answer to this out-of-control life, all this pace and business that we live in, I think the answer is that sometimes we just need to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. Anybody ever had a come-to-Jesus meeting before? Anybody ever had your parents go, we need to have a come-to-Jesus meeting? That's usually not a good thing, right? But I believe that it actually is a good thing. In fact, I want you to, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up and turn with me to this passage that we're going to look at for a minute today in Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28. And look what Jesus says. It says, then Jesus said what? He said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Everybody say it aloud. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find, here it is, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus says, if your schedule is out of control, here's what you need to do. You need to come to me. You need to put me first. You need to put aside all the other stuff. And you need to, as he says in, in, the, in the scripture in Matthew 6, that we should seek first the kingdom of God. Come to me and then look what he says he will do. I will give you rest. Rest, man, that's a word that, man, we don't really know much about in our society today. In fact, I was thinking about it. It actually is a four-letter word. And a lot of us, man, that's exactly the way it is because we don't know how to rest. Then we run around and we've got all this stuff that we do. And I don't have time to rest because i got all this stuff crammed into my life that I think is so important. And then when I do have time to rest, I even, come on, anybody, I, I even feel guilty about it. Like I should be being more productive. I should be doing something. I should be checking off boxes on the list. And Jesus says, though, I want to give you rest and I want to give you a different kind of rest. I want to give you not just a rest where you just sit down and rest. I want to give you rest and, and, and peace for your for your souls come to me and i will give you rest man this whole idea of rest the idea of of sabbath is not something we're very familiar with actually in our society today because we just go 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 i remember when i was a kid sundays used to be a day of rest i mean you couldn't even go out to eat you couldn't go buy groceries because everything was closed on sundays but now it's just a 24 7 life that we live that it's constant go 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 and we have no idea what it means to to sabbath but when you think about the sabbath what is it really it's really a principle of order it is. I mean, it's just like the tithe that it's when we give God the first 10% of our income, we're trusting him that he's going to bless the other 90% and it's going to go further than 100% would go by itself. The Sabbath is the same thing. When we give God a day to actually put him first, to come to him and to rest, what we are doing is we're putting things in order and we are trusting that if I give God one day, he's going to make the six days more productive than seven days ever could have been. He says, come to me, and I will give you rest for your souls. And then he says this so so interesting. He says, take my yoke 
upon you. Now, what does that mean? Well, in those days, they would have known exactly what that meant because they were a farming community. And so they knew that you would take oxen and you would, you would bind them together. You would harness them together with what was called a yoke. And you would put the yoke on the neck of the two oxen. And the reason that they put the yoke on the oxen was to keep them in pace with one another. Because what would happen is you would have one ox that would try to go faster than the other ox or would be maybe stronger than the other oxen. If you didn't have, if you didn't have the the yoke upon them, they would get out of pace with one another and not be as productive. And here's what Jesus says, I want you to come to me so that I can give you my rest. And then what I want you to do, I want you to yoke yourself together with me so that we can go through life at the same pace. See, some of us, what we do is we get the cart before the horse, or in this case, the cart before the ox. And we try to outrun God and we try to do things in life at our pace thinking I'm the only one that can do it and I have to make it happen and I have to make it all work out. And God says, no, 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 no. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to yoke yourself together with me so that we can do life together at the same pace. So you say, well, how in the world do we do this? I mean, this sounds kind of difficult to do, Pastor. Well, I think there's three realizations that all of us are going to have to make if we're going to get our schedules in order, if we're going to come to Jesus, if we're going to find the rest that he has for us, if we're going to do life at his rhythm. There are three realizations that we're going to need to make. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these down or follow in your app today. The first one is simply this. We have to realize that some things need to be shared. You know, the truth is, a lot of times we have all this stuff going on in our life, and we think we have to do it all by ourselves, right? I know some of you are that way. It's like you got all these balls up in the air, you're spinning all these plates around, and you're running here and there trying to make all this stuff happen, and you think, man, I can handle it on my own. I can do it by myself, but I got news for you today. You were not created to handle it on your own. You weren't created to do life on your own. In fact, you were created to do, as we talk around here about do life, what? Together, that you were created to do life in community, to not have to do it all by yourself. But some of you, you try to do it all by yourself. And here's what I want you to understand is that you need help. In fact, everybody look at your neighbor and just tell them you need help. Man, you need some help really bad. And the truth is that all of us are that way. Like, we need help. In fact, it reminds me of this story in the Old Testament of Moses. Moses was leading the people of Israel, and you can imagine that was a pretty stressful job because, man, they would complain and whine as they're wandering around in the wilderness and all the stuff that's going on. And you can imagine all the pressures of the problems that they would bring to him and the people and all the stuff that was going on and to the point where Moses was starting to get stressed out. And so his father-in-law, a guy, I love his name. His name was Jethro. Everybody say Jethro. I think he was from Alvarado. I don't know, but I'm just kidding. If you're from Alvarado, I'm just messing with you. But, but his name was Jethro, and he comes to Moses, and, and look what he tells him in Exodus chapter 18 and verse 17. Look what he says. He says, this is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, for you're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy of a burden for you to handle. How? All by yourself. Jethro says, hey, God, hey, hey Moses, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. And the truth of the matter is, some of you, the way you are living your life, let me just tell you, just like Jethro told his father-in-law, let me just tell you that it's not good. The way you're living, the pace that you're living at, 
the things that you're trying to trying to make it all happen and do it all by yourself, let me just tell you, it's not good. Let me just tell you this, that the way the culture tells us that we need to live, rush here and there and do all this and pack all this stuff into our lives, let me just tell you something, it's, it's not good. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to wear yourself out because you weren't, you weren't designed or created to do it all by yourself. Some things you go, well, I can't just quit doing them. Some things you can't quit doing, but here's what you can do. You can share. You can ask people. You can invite people into your life to help you carry the things that you are carrying. Now, here's the problem for most of us. If you're anything like me, it's hard for you to do. Like, it's hard sometimes to ask for help. I'll help you, but man, sometimes it's hard for me to ask you to help me. And I started thinking about why is that? And I think really when it comes down to it, really, it's mostly my own pride. I don't want to ask you to help because, you know, I don't want to bother you and you might not want to and, and all that. But then, then when it really comes down to what's really going on, it's more like I don't want to ask you to help because I can do it better. Come on, right? If you want it done right, just do it yourself, right, anybody? Or if you even really want to open up a little bit more of a can of worms, it's more like this. I don't want to ask you to help because you might actually do it better and then everybody else will want you to do it instead of wanting me to do it. Come on. And there's a pride and there's an insecurity. And we try to handle all this stuff and do all this stuff all by ourselves. But this is not the way that God designed for us to live. In fact, we see it in the scripture in Galatians 6 and verse 2. It says that we should, we should share. Everybody say share. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, you will obey the law of Christ. The Bible says here's the law of Christ, that we should, we should do this life together, that you don't have to carry it all by yourself, that some things need to be shared. And some of you, maybe even today, you need to go home and you need to begin to write down, what are the things that I'm doing that somebody else could help me to do? Because some things need to be shared. So everybody say it out loud. Some things need to be shared. Number two, write this down. Some things need to be stopped. The truth is there are some things that we can share, but there are some things that we just need to stop. I mean, let's be honest for a minute, all right? The truth of the matter is that maybe we are just doing too much. Maybe we're trying to handle too much. Maybe there are some things that we could share, but maybe there are some things that we just need to, we need to cut them out of the schedule. And the truth is that I heard this a couple of weeks ago. Schedules are like magnets. Anybody ever put a magnet in the junk drawer? Anybody have a junk drawer at your house, right? You put the magnet in the junk drawer and you pull it out later on as you're cleaning out the junk drawer and you're like, I know I put that thing in there and there wasn't anything on it, but now there's like 47 paper clips on it, right? Because what does a magnet do? It just picks stuff up. And what happens in our schedules in life sometimes? What happens? We just kind of pick stuff up. And it may not be in the right order. And it may not really be all that important. But we just kind of all just add it to the schedule. And we one day look and our lives are like spiraling out of control. And we can't get it all done. And we're all stressed out about all of that. And it's because we picked all this stuff up along the way. And sometimes what we have to do is we have to evaluate We have to go, hey, are there some things in my life that maybe I'm doing that really aren't all that important that maybe I could give up, that maybe I could quit? In fact, this is what we see in this story. I love it in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41. We've talked about these two ladies before, Mary and Martha. And you might remember the story that Jesus is coming over to Martha's house and Martha is doing like most of us would do. She's stressing out. Like, don't get too hard on Martha because we all would have done the same thing. Jesus is coming to the house. Okay, we better make sure this house is clean. 
Better make sure the meal is right. We got to make sure we got Jesus' favorite dessert. What was his favorite dessert? We got to make sure that we got his favorite dessert. We got to make sure that we got those smelly good candles, you know, so that it smells good in the house. And here's Martha. She's just scurrying around trying to, like, make everything perfect for Jesus. And then she looks over into the living room, and and Mary's just sitting down at the feet of Jesus, just enjoying a conversation with Jesus. And Martha looks over there, and she's frustrated. And she's like, don't y'all see? that I'm working in here and I'm doing all this stuff. Jesus, you need to tell her that some things need to be shared. You know, she needs to come in here and share the burden of getting this meal right and all this stuff right. And she goes to Jesus frustrated and going, why, why is she not doing anything and I'm doing all this stuff? And then look what Jesus says in Luke 10 and verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you're so worried and upset about many things. How many know that many of you are here today and you're worried and upset about many things? You're worried and upset about how am I going to get here and how are we going to do this and how are we going to make this happen. You're worried and upset about many things that maybe aren't the most important things. And here's what Jesus says. You're worried and upset about many things, but Mary has, look at that word, has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Some of you, you're, you're stressed out about all of this stuff, but here's what you need to do. The same thing that Mary had to do. You have to make a choice. Mary chose. You know what she chose? She chose not to do some things so that she could do the most important things. Come on, that's good. Y'all need to write that down. Some of you, here's where you're at. Here's the choice you need to make. You need to decide. There may be some things that I'm doing that might even be good things, but I have to choose not to do some things so that I can make sure to do the best things. You know, I, I heard this several years ago, but it's, it's absolutely incredible the President of the United States actually receives 1,200 legitimate requests for appointments every day. Think about that. Not just like somebody wants to come see the President. No, legitimate requests for meetings, 1,200 a day. Now, there's, it's obvious there's no way he could ever meet 1,200 requests a day. And so what does he have to do? He has to choose. He has to decide, all right, which one of these are the most important? They're all important, but I have to decide which ones are the most important, and I can only take those, and I have to say no to some good things so that I can say yes to the most important things. You know what? I'm by far, far, far from the President of the United States. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. But you know what? Sometimes people go, Pastor, how do you do all this stuff? You know, I mean, you got a growing church and these responsibilities and ministry. And at the same time, you got two kids in middle school and you got a four month old baby and you got all this stuff going on. How in the world do you do it all? And the answer is, I don't. I have to choose. I have to make some decisions. Well, what are the things that are most important? And I've got to say no to some things that might be important. And you know what? That's not always popular. Sometimes that means I have to say, no, sorry, I can't go to your kid's birthday party. Or I'm sorry, I can't be at the wedding. Or I'm sorry, I can't, you know, whatever it is that, you know, when you have a church that's growing and people are wanting you to do. And, man, it's it's hard because I I want y'all to like me, you know. But sometimes I just have to go, I'm sorry, I love you, but I can't do that because this is more important. Let me just ask you here today. Let's just do a little exercise here today. Think about your own life. Like, just fill in the blank, okay? If I had more time, I would blank. What is it? Maybe if I had more time, I would 
finally be in a life group. Maybe if I had more time, I would volunteer at the church. Maybe if I had more time, I would work at the kids' school and help coach some kids and and pour into their lives. If I had more time, maybe I'd go back to school and I would get my degree. If I had more time, I would whatever. And so, so many times, here's what we do. We use time as an excuse. I don't have time to do that, but the truth of the matter is it's not a time issue. It's really more of a choice issue, a priority issue. It's not that you don't have time. It's just that we fill up our time with all of this other stuff. And so some things in our lives are important, but some things are not as important as other things. And so some things just need to be stopped. How am I going to prioritize my schedule? I have to realize some things need to be shared. Some things need to be stopped. Number three, all things. Everybody say all things. All things need to be surrendered. See, when it really comes down to it, here's what it's really all about. It's about putting him first. Isn't that what the Bible says in in Matthew chapter 6? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then what does it say? All these other things will be added to you as well. See, here's what we do so many times is we try to rule our own life. We try to live our own life. Well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do something else, and we haven't prayed about God. What do you want me to do, and what's most important for me to do with my life? And we haven't surrendered it, and here's what we try to do. We try to find peace in all of this other stuff. We think that, well, I'll I'll find peace, and I'll find rest in being there for everybody because that's my thing is I've got to be there for everybody because I want to be liked and I want everybody to be, I want to be their go-to person. And so that's how I'm going to find my rest or I got to find my, my rest and my peace by being the person that accomplishes all this. So I put all this stuff on my list so that everyone will look at me and go, look at all that stuff they did and how high of an achiever that they are. I try to find my rest by going, man, I got to get out of here and go on vacation. That's how I'm going to find rest. And what do we do? We find, we find rest and we find peace in natural ways. But Jesus talked about a different kind of rest, a rest for our souls. And and it's only found in one way in Psalm 62 and verse 1. It says, my soul finds rest in how? In, In God. How? Alone. My salvation comes from him. Here's what we got to understand is that Really, the only way that we're going to find this real soul rest, this real soul peace is in a life that is fully surrendered to God. You're not going to find it on vacation. You're not going to find it in another soccer trophy for your kids. You're not going to find it in a nice corner office or a bigger house or even a cleaner house, a newer car, a better outfit or a swimming pool in the backyard. The only way you're going to find real soul rest is in a life that is surrendered to God, a life that says, God, I come to you and I put Put you first, and that's when I find rest. I'm going to hitch myself to you, and I'm going to not go at my own pace or at the pace that the world tries to set for me, but instead, I'm going to live my life at your pace, in your rhythm, in your way, in your time, and all of it, God, is fully surrendered to you. But here's the question. The question of the day is this. What radical change do you need to make in order to live this kind of surrendered life. I know some of you are going, radical, wait a second, Pastor. You're getting a little, you're a little out there. I don't need to make any radical changes. Like I can, just, I can just make a couple tweaks to my schedule and we'll get it right. Well, let me just tell you something. You're smart. You're smart people. You really are. Some of you don't look it, but you are. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're smart people. If a, few little ra- if a few little tweaks and a few little adjustments would make a difference, you would have already done that. What it comes down to is sometimes we got to make some radical changes. 
I don't know what that might look like for you, but maybe some of you are stressed out to the max because you're working two jobs trying to do this, trying to pay for that $700 a month car payment that you got, and maybe the radical change that you need is that, hey, I need to maybe go sell that car that has a $700 a month car payment. I need to go get me a Dave Ramsey beater car that I can pay for with cash. Come on, right? So that I can quit the other job so that I can actually have time to spend time with my kids. Maybe that's the radical change you need to make. Some of you, you're you're two-income families, and it's not that you have to be a two-income family. It's that you got this big house that you're living in, and you can't really afford the payment without both of you working. And maybe the radical change might be that, hey, maybe we need to sell the house and downsize a little bit so that mom can quit the job and stay home with the kids, and maybe that's the radical change that you need to make. Maybe some of you, man, you just spend all your time on your hobbies, and it's just softball every weekend or whatever it might be. And it might be that the radical change that you need to make might be, hey, I need to put my hobby on hold for three or four years so that I can spend the time. I'm not saying don't ever play softball again or whatever. I'm saying I need to put that on hold for just a little while so that I can be with my kids while they're at the age that they are so that I can pour into them and I need to make a radical change so that I can live a life that's fully surrendered in the order that God wants me to live. And when you do that, here's what happens. Peace and rest begins to flow. I know it's a tough pill to swallow. It's tough for all of us because we're high achievers. We want to do it all and we want to fit it all in. But that's not the pace that God intended for us to live. He, he wants to give us rest and peace for our soul. And sometimes the rest and peace even comes in the midst of the chaos and the hecticness. It's just learning that my rest doesn't come from a day off. My rest comes from 